0: welcome everybody to another episode of Conversations with Tim. I'm excited to have Justin Marie with me here today. She is a talented artist. I've seen a lot of her work on show homes and many different walls. I've even seen it on my wall here because my wife and I got it done. So I'm, I'm so excited to have her on this episode, having a conversation with me, talking to us how, about how she got started. So welcome to my podcast.
1: Aw, thank you, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: You know what, it's, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. You know what, for, for the people that don't know what you do, can you just give us a quick overdo- overview of what you do?
1: Sure, yeah, absolutely. So I actually came from an interior design background. That's what I went to college and university for. Like that was kind of what I was known for prior to stepping into the art world. I ended up creating my first piece of art that I sold in 2015. And that was kind of what all started, what's now known as JMS. actually my initials not everyone knows that (laughs) Uh, but it also stands for justine marie studios and i would describe my work as it kind of started as large scale abstract Mm -hmm. and although i still do create that i've obviously i create all sizes and scales of work i also teach uh, workshops to others which you know goes back to my my mission and my purpose uh, I still do offer some interior design services, and then I also la- launched a, a brand of products too, which have my artwork printed onto them wow
0: the 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 artwork like the the, the products is something that's new, right? That's something that you just started doing in the last little while.
1: Uh, in the last couple of years, yeah.
0: okay. You know, I always when I when I walk into a home, as you know, that I'm a, I'm in real estate. Right. When I walk into a home and I see your work, I always say to my clients, that's the GMS wall right there. You know, it's <laughs> worth something. It's 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 perfect. It's something <laughs> that is unique. Right. And, and then they start asking more about you. And then I start to explain that, look, like these walls are not everywhere it's very unique it's it's very cool it's a new touch of what people are doing you're the new you're the new I guess you're the new thing that people want in their home now so how did how did that happen how did you get there tell us about your journey
1: oh (laughs) sure oh that's so crazy to hear actually because I feel like I'm I still almost consider myself emerging artist. like I just have so many things to do and grow and evolve. And I just want so many more people to be, you know, discovering my work. But, um, yeah, like it goes back to being in that last year of university when I I created some art just to put up in my own space. Cause I just felt like, I think it's important to live in a beautiful environment or space that sort of inspires you. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, so I really just kind of did it for myself and then I had an old roommate that wanted it and then that's how I sold my very first piece. Wow. And yeah, I was just, you know, sharing it with just your friends and family and then it kind of branches off into their friends and family and and yeah, that's really what it is and I always tell people like just share your work you have no idea like who's gonna eventually see it Mm -hmm. and just consistently share it not everyone's gonna love it which is completely fine um but yeah that's that's the biggest thing is i'm just constantly trying to create new things and share it with the world
0: all right so you started off just uh well not just you started off making art pieces right where you can hang on your walls right but now you are actually putting your pieces on the walls itself. <laughs>
1: so, yeah,
0: the first time I saw it was in a show home. And, mm-hmm. uh, and right after that, uh, my wife says, we're getting that done. And she, she somehow reached out to you. And I remember she's like, here's the yeah. keys to the house. Go nuts. Do whatever you want to <laughs> do. <right?"> so <laughs> yeah. how, did you, how did you come up with a concept of, hey, you know what, instead of putting on a canvas I'm gonna actually put them on walls because that seems to resonate with a lot of people now right so how did that happen
1: yeah oh my gosh okay so I by the way you guys are totally the definition of the dream clients uh, (laughs) that just kind of let me do my thing and and yeah I always refer to people being whenever people give me creative freedom and just let me run with it the best work is always created in in that sort of mindset too so so thank you guys that was amazing um but yeah i have to say the whole the wall started i painted the very first one in 2018 and i was actually chatting with another interior designer and she she actually was asking like could could we do your work on the wall and i just thought Why not? I love challenges and, you know, I've seen some beautiful, beautiful wallpapers. I don't discount wallpaper at all because I still do spec it in projects and I actually have now my work printed onto wallpapers. But I I just thought, yeah, make the art just more into the, like, have it fluid into or flow into the interior design and be almost part of the structure and yeah, i just thought this is how i do a really large scale piece and the wall is my canvas and so yeah that's really kind of how it started and yeah and now i've done like a bunch for different builders and different show homes and and that obviously had um, more people seeing it such as you and your wife too so that i think just helped um the exposure of them
0: all right nope, that's awesome so i guess I guess with uh, with what you're doing here, uh, it started off as a hobby, and now it's a full-fledged business. So how did yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, how did you, how did you? Um, I guess overcome the fears of having your regular nine-to-five job to now having now being fully self-employed doing what was a hobby, well, it's probably still a hobby anyways, because you enjoy doing it. Now you get to live and breathe and make money from something that you enjoy doing by using your talents. How did you overcome that?
1: Oh, gosh, I feel like I'm still constantly trying to overcome that. Um, Obviously, I think there's everyone always has fear of failure. And like, what what if people don't like it? What if people don't buy it? you know, and I've had certain like products released and things that I've done that, you know, weren't maybe as as hot of a sale or or were liked as much. Um, But then on the flip side, I've had other things go really, really well, too. So again, I think it's kind of just putting it out there and it's trial and error and just really believing in yourself. (laughs) Um, I think JMS was actually a side hustle for a few years, like I was still doing um, design work for builders in the city was I was doing that full time while still, you know, creating the art pieces and selling those on the side, if you will. And then it transitioned to me working part time as a designer, and then I could start dedicating more and more time to JMS. And then eventually it just became yeah my full time gig, which is what it is now. And yeah, I will say it's, I don't really refer to it as my hobby anymore, just because um, (laughs) as you know, like, don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I'm so, so grateful. And I, yeah, I feel very blessed to be able to do what I love, but it also comes with, you know, stresses too. Like there's obviously deadlines and um, clients and budgets and things that come along the way too so um, as much as I still love to create and art will still you know started off as a hobby it's now my my full-time job so I've almost had to create other hobbies outside of my work if you will if that makes sense <laughs> yeah,
0: not that makes sense you know I was talking to a friend the other day and uh, we, would, we were talking about hobbies and things that people love to do outside of their work. And she said, you know, mm-hmm. Tim, you enjoy ultimate foods, soccer, football, basketball. She's like, for me, I just enjoy work. Work is my hobby. So yeah. hearing you say <laughs> that you have to kind of create other hobbies outside of what you enjoy doing. I think that resonates with a lot of people, right? Because because you're doing what you love, you're doing what you're talented to do. Now you have to try and find that space to almost disconnect for a little bit, right? And, and do something different that is no longer work because what you enjoy doing is now work even though it may not feel like work, it's still work. So what have you found to mm. kind of help you disconnect a little bit, bring you to a different headspace, I guess?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, you know, what? it was funny because I went through my planner the one month and I was and I was writing out my favorite moments from the previous year and all of them had to do with being outside. And so I've made this conscious effort to get outside more, whether it's just a quick walk just to get fresh air. Um, I've always been interested in the fitness um, industry. I was a competitive dancer for years growing up and played sports uh played volleyball in high in um university and so i was kind of like oh i want to potentially get back into volleyball but i and yoga too which i know your wife is really big into yoga as well so those are kind of yeah just different outlets i would say that have become kind of my hobbies that take me away from from work if you will and actually i just thought of this too my friend michaela i was just talking to her last week and she loves you know, interior design and redecorating her home and she's had several people reach out to her and ask them if she'll do that for them and she's actually just declined it because she said as soon as there's this financial exchange involved it's it's no longer her creative outlet mm. she just wants to do it for fun she doesn't want to get paid to do it so I think setting those boundaries too right
0: well, that that makes sense that makes sense you know I think there's a lot of people out there though that has ridiculous amount of talent in something right they they're very talented kind of like you are with with your hard work but and all and i've always thought how to monetize that talent so what type of advice would you give to people like that about how you go about it about monetizing your talent about facing those fears of rejection like what if they don't like it because that's the that's why we're one of the worst fears right especially when it's something yeah. you love doing and if you think hey maybe they might not like it it might stop you from doing it so how do you face how do you face that what type of advice would you have for people that are that have some sort of a talent but they don't know how to monetize that talent
1: oh gosh i would say <laughs> First off, I don't actually consider myself that talented. And here's the reasoning being, it's because I think as an artist, it's really about following your intuition and practice. I feel like I've just gotten pretty good at it just from practicing and doing, you know, just exploring different techniques and kind of creating my own and my own style. But I don't consider myself this person that was just born to be an artist. I think I just found something I was half decently good at and I just ran with it. So, so that's how I view myself said.
0: I don't know about half decent. Remember, I've got your wall. I've got a GMS wall in my house and I absolutely love it. And everybody loves it. So I think you're not giving yourself enough credit here.
1: Well, thanks, Tim. But um, on the monetizing side, I would say, you know, when I created the reproductions, that's actually what started the whole uh, product line for me. I I wanted more people to have access to my work. And so, you know, there's only one of me, and I can only create so many pieces in a day or in a month or in a year. And so I thought if I can do reproductions of my work, that is how I can scale this business. And and it's more affordable for people then too. You know, my my small reproductions start at $20. So if someone really wants my work, they can get it for as cheap as 20 or
0: $30,
1: mm-hmm. frame it themselves and still sort of have a touch of my work in their homes or in their spaces. So yeah, it's just it's just thinking in creative ways in terms of how to, you know, get your work into more hands. Um, and just just taking that leap of faith, I think of what it, is what it really comes down to taking that that idea of like oh people aren't gonna like it sort of toss it out the window and just do it anyways
0: you know that makes sense because uh, a lot of people is that leap of faith that's missing from from everything right so what are some of the things that you would attribute to the growth that you've seen in your business? Because we've seen you grow tremendously over the last uh, five years here. So what, what would be some of those things that you would say is attributing, other than hard work? We know you're a hard worker. So.
1: Uh, collaborations is the, the key thing that comes top of mind for me. And I think it's, I've always thought of my work being more than, it's beyond just me. And those collaborations have definitely helped just expand, um, you know, the name and just not only get the name out there, but I've always told people to collaborate with people that feel in alignment with you and it should always be mutually beneficial. You know, you should be helping them and they should be helping you and both people should win. Mm -hmm. So yeah i definitely thank a lot of anyone and everyone who's um just allowed me to to work with them and team up and cross market that way
0: that's awesome you know it's it's great when you have uh different local businesses working together because together you can make each other better and you can help each other grow so that's amazing
1: yeah and i think being in saskatchewan as you know too it's especially in this last year there's been a huge push for supporting local which i think is amazing and i'm so thankful to be from here because i don't see that that as strongly in other centers i'll say that or other places in the world
0: that is true there's just something about saskatchewan and even regina about how we always want together and come together to grow together especially when the world is on fire i would say right so yeah i think it's i think it's a saskatchewan thing in my opinion absolutely
1: I yeah, I definitely agree with you.
0: Well, would you say, and I always ask people this, uh, would you say that in your business, how much time do you spend on planning versus executing? Because I mean, in the artwork, I'm not sure if it's the same as uh, in the other business world where where you, know, you plan, 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 but then you fail to execute because you, you spend 90% of your time planning. I would suspect that in the artwork execution is getting out to do it. You think of the concept in your mind, maybe 1% of the time and 90% you spend on executing type of thing. Like, Does that concept work in your, in your line of business?
1: Yeah, I would say I still, I still try to meet with people or, or at least, um, If it's a bigger piece, sometimes I'll do an initial consult with someone. And so that's kind of where the planning phase comes into play. And, you know, we'll discuss sort of the overall look and vision. You know, I'll I'll send them photos of work that I've created or my portfolio so that we can you know bounce different ideas around and, and see what they gravitate towards. Come up with a color palette. And then once that's kind of confirmed, then that's when it kind of goes into execution. Obviously, we plan it, a date for it to happen. I get it booked into my calendar and schedule. And then, yeah, it's it's really about that follow-up and execution to, I always say, like make the magic happen and, and do the work. So, <laughs> yeah, so in, in the art world, I would say it's mostly, although there is some planning involved, for sure, um, it's mostly execution.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. So, earlier, you talked about like you talked about kind of the reproduction of your work right and and try to get to as many people as possible um are you finding that platforms like social media has been helping towards that or do you have a different marketing plan in place or is it mainly just uh friends and family type of thing um how do you get your work out there for people to see
1: Yeah. Okay. So if we kind of roll back to 2015, there was actually a coffee shop that was looking for local artists' work. And it was, yeah, it was later on that year, if not the next year, um, I had actually gone in and I put my work up. Um, My work is actually still in that coffee shop to this date. And it was actually supposed to only be a, a one or three month term i believe yeah it was just a temporary thing and then obviously it it turned into much more of a long-term thing but that was how i initially just kind of got it into like the local community and then yeah it was it was a lot of trade shows markets that sort of thing to really start selling the actual products itself and again just brand awareness i think even if people didn't buy anything Just the fact that they walked past my table and and said hello, you know, that that allowed me to just, I think, get my name out there. Um, And so, yeah, I'd still say like up until, you know, pre-COVID trade shows and markets were a really big thing for me. And then I just got my work into more and more places. I think there's like there's over 20 establishments now that have it, whether it be different um, spas, salons, um, boutiques. Yeah, all across Saskatchewan, I've just had different people carry or wholesale my work as well. So, again, just it, it's so many things. It's it's from cold calls to just different connections or, or people that reached out to me.
0: Okay, you know, you know, you you mentioned you mentioned a few things there that that I find even resonates with my with my business or any business, right? Like so, even in the hard work mm-hmm. you, world, well, you do cold calls because i know in the real estate world we do cold calls all the time right and, and networking yeah. and finding different streams of ways to get clientele and promote and brand yourself right so i mean it seems mm-hmm. that even in your world even though you might do it a little bit different the processes are still pretty much the same in, in getting your brand out there which is amazing would you say though that um that like with where you are at right now and you mentioned before that you're only one person how do you scale bigger than where you are because i know that if for example if i want a jms wall in my house i want you to do it are you ever going to get to a point where you train other people to do what you do or can you even train other people to do what you do
1: yeah, definitely. I've, um, I've had a lot of that thought process going <laughs> going through my mind more so lately. Um, especially with the teaching, I I feel like that is something that I will eventually pass off and I will teach people how to create the kind of work that I do and, and allow. And I still like that is one way of just kind of getting my work, um, or, a, you know, a thumbnail kind of version of it, but creating it yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I would say, oh gosh, in terms of scaling, it's it's one of those things like I want to be in high demand because there is only one of me that can do the originals. Yeah. So, you know, just being able to, you know, charge more for my work too, to kind of make it more worth my my time and my the energy that I do put into it. But yeah, it, it is a tricky thing, like, you know, other than having the products which are sold in multiple different places. And that has taught me to have, you know, other people represent my brand and my work as well and to kind of trust other people to, you know, tell my story, if you will, and be able to, like, I think of Corey with these hands, she's amazing, because I just trust her. And I know that her and her staff um, can tell my story quite well, and they, they can explain, you know, the the quality of the products and everything that I have there. So Yeah, it's it's (laughs) it's one of those things where I think you need to just to be able to trust um, the process, trust people to be able to, you know, delegate to and and yeah, I'm still in that phase of being able to to scale it in that way.
0: Okay, understandable. Um, When you when you are painting a piece and I've always and I've always wondered this, I had uh, I had a friend of mine that's a musician on the episode, just the last episode here, and I was asking him what his inspiration is when he starts to write music and things like that. So, when you are doing Whoa. your art pieces, what is your inspiration? What is what is the thought process behind the pieces that that you do? <laughs> so, I guess what I'm asking is, who is JMS uh, in all this? Right, when you do those pieces, what inspires you?
1: Yeah, okay. I feel like this is a very common question I've been asked. Um, And it's a little bit of a loaded question because honestly, anything and everything that I'm surrounded by inspires me. So travel is a, is a big one. <laughs> Obviously, it's a bit harder right now. Yeah. Um, but I find a lot of inspiration in our in our sunsets, like Saskatchewan has some of the most beautiful skies, as we know. Yes. I will I gravitate to those colors. Sometimes I'll just snap a photo of a really beautiful sunset and I'll use that kind of color palette and implement those colors into my work. Um, it's, it's the music I'm listening to, like the lyrics that maybe resonate with me. It's the conversations I'm having with people. It's, you know, a textile or a pattern that I see on something while I'm out and about. It's just anything that I'm kind of just visually stimulated by, as well as talk about is what really creates the inspiration behind my work.
0: All right. That makes a lot of sense. So then in a way for you, anywhere you are, there's always a sense of work because You're always something. There's always inspiring you, right? You, (laughs) you. you're a true entrepreneur because because that's what they say about (laughs) a lot of entrepreneurs is that no matter where they are, they're always working, right? And oh, definitely. A (laughs) a simple conversation can inspire the next castle, I guess. So, so you know what if you if you do have one of those moments where where you are having a conversation with someone and it inspires something great you gotta let that person know and say hey you were my inspiration for this right (laughs) but i guess it's definitely I yeah
1: i still think of i was actually in the caribbean with my family and i remember yeah i got really inspired by just the way that the the water was hitting the rocks and the the plaster on the walls. I was like, stop, like, wait one second, I need to pull out my phone and take a photo of this because I need to kind of recreate this, this look and feeling into my work. And so, yeah, like you said, it's just like, it's anywhere and everywhere. And so I'm I'm constantly working in that regard because yeah, you never know where your next burst of inspiration is going to come from which is such a beautiful and exciting thing
0: oh absolutely absolutely and you know as you as you get busier and busier are you finding how is that work-life balance because i mean I know that your work is in really high demand, which means that uh, you are working quite a bit type of thing. So how do you find that balance? Because that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And that is the fears of most people that want to get into business type of thing, right? That is their fear is not having that work-life balance. So how do you find the balance?
1: Yeah, I would say, especially when you're creating a brand, as you would know too, it takes it requires a lot of time and energy in those initial years and i will say and admit that i was kind of obsessed about it in the the first couple years just so obsessed about you know creating this brand and this business and i really did not have a work-life balance at all at that point in time i would say i don't really believe in the word balance because i think that we're always trying to navigate and, and create that. But some of the most successful people I know, you know, still have not mastered that kind of thing. Yeah. But I will say on the positive side of things, it's, it's much better. I think that uh, COVID actually was sort of a blessing to me because it allowed me, it forced me to really slow down and look at my priorities, and to kind of take it back to the basics, if you will, the bread and butter of just creating the work. Yeah, um, yeah and and so I really focus more so on self-care, and, you know, doing more meditating in the mornings, and reading, and journaling, and, and just giving myself that some alone time, which I really, really need. I've learned that that's very crucial to the way that just I always need to recharge my batteries in order to create the best work. And I'm the very go, go, go person. So um, I have definitely reached burnout a couple of times. And and now I just realize it's it's not worth it. And and yeah, just to have some of those boundaries and, and to be able to say no to certain things that really don't serve you or light you up. Um, but yeah, I, again, it's I'm constantly trying to have a better work-life balance, if you will, it's definitely a lot better than it was for sure. But yeah, in those initial first couple of years, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no life at all. All I do is work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what, the, you know, I, I would say that that probably resonates with a lot of people that are self-employed or own the business or, or own different businesses because that that balance is tough. Uh, like you say mm-hmm. in order to in order to grow your business or to brand yourself you have to be obsessed with what you do right because yeah. people have to see that you live and breathe what you're telling people to get from you right so so i know mm-hmm. that is that is always a tough part for me sports was my outlet right so mm-hmm. when covid hit i had to find a different outlet and right. honestly, that's how I ended up uh, with the podcast that I've been doing, right? Because,
1: because yeah. it's
0: another way for me to kind of share with the world and 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 encourage people to do things and encourage people to take the risk and take the plunge into entrepreneurship. But now I'm also finding that my output, that my outlet is slowly changing as well, which is I now I'm enjoying to read. So now it's like my. Mm my alone time kind of your meditation is your alone time. Uh, now, yeah. you know, reading is now becoming my alone time and the time to be charged. So I, I'm, I'm actually starting to quite enjoy it while before I didn't really have time for it. Right. So, so, I mean, I said to myself that this year I'm going to start with, uh, reading a book every two months. Right. So yeah. that's my goal for the year. So, and before yeah. maybe I read a book a year, so now I right. read a book every two months because it gives me that uh, it gives me that alone time and that quiet time, uh, and that time for me to recharge and reprocess things. So, so I guess uh, yeah, we all have our ways to do that. But yeah, the work life balance, as you, as we we're talking about, is tough when you're an entrepreneur. But you have to make that conscious effort to do it. Just like you said. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one final thing here. For um, well, people out there, there are many people out there, and I think I asked you this earlier, that are that are scared to take the plunge to entrepreneurship, or take the plunge to to monetize their talents. What would you say to those people? How, like, do you have any words of inspiration, I might call it, to, to <laughs> those people to to say, hey, do this, you've got this type of thing.
1: Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind is to believe in yourself and to kind of know your why. I know um, Simon Sinek has a really quick video on YouTube. You can look up on on finding that why, which actually branches off into your, your mission and your purpose, which I had a mentor, you know, question and, and hit me hard with that one day when I was kind of in this tough spot of you know just not knowing if i was on the right path and kind of over questioning things and yeah she asked me like what what's your mission what's your purpose and i had to kind of go back down to that and remind myself of why i do what i do Mm -hmm. so i think the the more you know that and can remind yourself of it that kind of allow that really ignites that inspiration again to to just keep going, um, or even just to start. And I was actually just listening to a podcast not long ago about how all these amazing people have started things so late in life, Mm -hmm. you know, Oprah Winfrey didn't start her channel until she was I think, like 57. And Vera Wang didn't her fashion brand until she was after like, after 40. And I think it just start. Just just start any time. It doesn't matter how old you are, or, you know what part or phase of life you're in. I don't think that timing will ever be perfect. Yeah, true. It's just you know, it's just getting getting the start to something and just doing it.
0: That's that's awesome. Thank you very much for that. You know, I I think I think you are you nailed it right on. You nailed it there when you said that you just have to start because people always will find excuses to not do Mm -hmm. it right oh you know what i am getting high up there in age or or maybe i'm too young and people won't take me seriously or whatever it is right at the end of the day if you know your why and you know your purpose it doesn't matter you just gotta do it because that's going to resonate to people and people are going to see that you're passionate about it and and passion goes a long way too right so thank you very much for sharing that Um, you know, you know, when, when I uh, reached out to you to come on this podcast, uh, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. And I mean, it's like that every (laughs) single time, right. That I talk to someone, I'm never sure what to expect, but I feel that you've shared a lot of insights with people today that I know they would appreciate and can resonate with. So I just want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you for your time with me today. If, uh, no, if thank you. <laughs> uh, people want to find you and if people want to connect with you and be able to request some of your work, where do they find you?
1: Yeah, they can uh, view my work on my website, which is Studios.com, and then Facebook, Instagram, uh, the handle is Studios, And also I just want to thank you, Tim, for just having the, the courage to start this podcast as well and to you know it's such a great resource I think for people and just to give back to community so yeah I just want to personally thank you for doing this and having me on
0: thank you very much and thank you for joining us today